we made this. My name is Zunar J5-9 Doric 47. Get me the Pentagon, red priority. You, you're a cat. He's the cat from outer space. You're serious? I'm serious. While you and I are talking this very minute, some slimy, green-headed, 12-legged creep could be crawling into the White House. You're trying to tell me that your little pussycat came from another planet, from another galaxy, in a spacecraft, and landed right here on Earth. We're up against genius. I gotta tell you something, pal. It's dumb. Very dumb. Ken Berry. McLean Stevenson. Now that's dumb. It's a spacey comedy that'll boggle your mind. It is mind-boggling. The man who owns the secret of this device could control the universe. You are under arrest. And the pussycat, General. And the pussycat. He's got his paws on the power. The power that cat possesses is awesome. You betcha, Charlie. And if you know what's good for you, you'll land this thing and let Lucy Bell and Quiet. Me... Okay. Who's flying that plane? Walt Disney Productions. The cat from outer space. I'm serious. Without a Mouse, the podcast where we watch and review the obscure and forgotten live-action Disney movies on the hunt for a hidden gem. I'm Tim, hello, and I'm joined, as always, by my uh, co-host Chris. It's easier when you read it from a book, isn't it? Yeah, and it's almost like I have it here ready, prepared for the actual start of the show or something. I still don't know where I actually went wrong in the last episode with it. Um, As I said before, like, on the... One we've got written down, we refer to it as Without a Mouse Podcast. <sighs> but even though that's what's written, I don't think we've ever actually said that. No, you're just being pedantic. Yeah. You threw I'm me just off a, course. I'm just an absolute pedant. We've got a very special episode today uh, because we've got our second guest. And today we're going to be reviewing a film that they've picked for us. So Chris can't be held responsible for whatever we've about to... <laughs> We've all had to witness this week. Things change. Got a, a very interesting individual. He's a human wedding, a humanist <laughs> wedding celebrant. Good start, <laughs> thanks, mate. Pr- yeah, pretty much all weddings are uh, human. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, he's a wrestling announcer. Um, he's the host of a radio show and podcast called Geek of the Week. It's Mark Adams. Hello, Mark. Hello. You, nice to hear from you. Well, thank you for having me on. You missed out some other weird and wonderful stuff as well. If well, you I was going to say, that. the list keeps going, doesn't it? Yeah, I swear you're adding something new every week to your what? list of... Uh... I do funerals as well now. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm a scout leader, and I really, really, really like cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should talk about that, because um, why don't you introduce the film that you've picked for us this week? Okay, well, I've picked The Cats from Outer Space. 
1978 wonderful premise of an alien lands in modern day, well, 70s, I think it was it Britain? No, it wasn't. It was America. It was America. It was America. L- yeah. Britain. Uh, didn't you watch this film mere moments? I did. Ago? I watched it about thirty <laughs> minutes before we um, we found each other. But um, yeah, so so this cat lands in America, and yeah, it's a cat. It's 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 not a green alien. It's it's a cat in a in a UFO. And what a concept! Well, before we get into it, got a few questions that we just tend to ask guests. Well, I, I say that as if we've had a million. You're only our second guest. But on a scale of Chris to Tim, how much of a Disney fan in general would you uh, consider yourself? <laughs> um, so so Chris is one and Tim is ten, right? <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, Tim's probably a hundred rather than ten. But okay, so right. Th- so I would go scale, around yeah. 75%. All right. Okay. okay. Not bad. I not do bad. like my Disney. And anyone yep. who says that um, The Lion King isn't their favourite Disney film is, is just wrong. Not um, the remake. Uh, well, oh, yeah, we no, who the fuck's going to say the remake was their favourite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, like, of the big, you know, the the big heavy hitters, I'd say Lion King is probably one of my favourites, to be fair. And it has cats. Of a fashion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has... Uh, Cat relations. No, the, what you're of course forgetting is that the best Disney film of all time is a goofy movie. Uh, the oft, the oft sense. overlooked magnum opus of the whole Disney productions. <laughs> it's um, now the time to mention uh, my favourite is the Rescuers. Nothing wrong with the Rescuers. The original or the Rescuers Down Under. The original. I've never seen the original. Oh, wow, that is incredible. Actually, I'm amazed. Kirsty's looking to um, collect every single film on DVD, and it's one that we've not managed to find. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Another question for Mark, then. Why did you pick this film? Honestly, <laughs> because there's a cat in it. Uh, but beyond that, <laughs> beyond that, this isn't the first time I've watched it either. I have very happy memories of um, just a few years ago, really, maybe five or six years ago. Um, my friends... Now, I'm going to use their stage names rather than their real names, but... I would norm- I would use their real names to their face because it's weird calling each other <laughs> by your stage names. But um, Viper and, well, at the time she was Bette Noire, but she's now Jayla Dark. They used to have quite a lot of um, wrestling shows in Manchester. And, um, well, being a gay, the promoter used to ask me to have the women stay at my house because I was a safe bet and I wouldn't try it on with them. <laughs> and what, what I tended to do was suggest that we have pajamas, pizza, booze, and Disney, and so that's what we did. We just sat and ate more pizza than we should have done, drank now, more booze Patri- than we should have done, and what's watched... a good Patreon bonus for this show was to have a live stream of a pajama party with pizza and Ooh, Disney. <laughs> brilliant! Sounds good to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, like have unicorn pajamas. <laughs> so we just it it was just one that we chose because cats. And um, as soon as I saw your podcast, I was like, I'd like to talk about that film. Well, you've definitely fast tracked this one because um, I think it's not one that either of us would have thought to pick. Well, maybe we would have. To be fair, it's got what we've been calling basically a clickbait title. It's definitely a clickbait title, isn't it? That's why we, we watched it. We typed Disney yeah. and went through all the Disney and went. Fucking hell, there's the cat from Out of Space. Click. Exactly, yeah. That's um, We've been b- 
burned quite a few times on the podcast so far with films that have these clickbaity titles. Oh, which then the dinosaur one not... is my favourite one of yours because you were both yeah. just so upset, just so yeah, upset no by how cack it was. Dinosaurs in it. <laughs> yeah. So well, um, one of our my, dinosaurs my is one. missing, right? Yeah. 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 Have you Have you ever seen the actual film? Uh, I haven't, and I have no intention to after listening to your yeah, podcast. Yeah, I think I think that's probably wise. Tell I, you what, though, Million Dollar Duck, fantastic film. Oh, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Have you done yeah. a survey of your listeners and asked them whether or not they're more likely to watch the film before or after listening to your podcast? Because without exception, I prefer it when I haven't watched the film listening in. Yeah, um, that is a good point. We'll have to do that. Um, people tend to do... The only time people ever react to us on Twitter anyway is if I do a survey. So <laughs> there we go. We'll, I mean, we'll have to give that one a try. I do know from my other podcast is that people prefer to watch the films beforehand. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But I think you your other podcast is sort of horror, so people kind of like a shit horror anyway. I wonder if like our podcast is so niche that the people that do listen may be discovering something new. And considering the... I had never heard of any of these films before and I just thought Disney, they had this animation before the 70s and there was this blank period and they came back in the 90s with more animation. I never realised I'd this whole other arm to them. Yeah, but I wonder, like, considering our hit rate is very, very, very low so far, I wonder (laughs) if that's putting people off actually watching the films first. I don't know. Our most popular episodes of Tomorrowland. So, yeah, so, for some reason, yeah, the uh, the George Clooney flick from a few years ago, Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. our episode for that is uh, flying away uh, for listens, and I've no idea why. Like, in this last week alone, we've had, uh, it's, it's nearly doubled. Yeah, I think more people listen to our podcast than actually went to see that film in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um, people getting it uh, confused for the music festival. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, yeah, that's good. Because there's a Tomorrowland Music Festival. Yeah. Oh, and before we uh, start then, Mark, one last question, which is uh, especially for you. Oh, okay. So on your podcast, whenever you get a guest on, on Geek of the Week, um, for those that don't know, uh, Geek of the Week is a podcast about comic books. You always ask your guests to describe their comic book, Mount Rushmore. Yes, I do. And it's a really so, mean question. I know what you're about to do to me. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I purposely didn't. I'm putting you on the spot on purpose now. I didn't ask beforehand. Okay. But I was wondering what would go on Mark Adams's um, Mount Rushmore of Disney characters. Can it be animated and live action? It can be both, yeah. Okay, well, Simba, because Kitty, um, and best film. Uh, I do like... I do. Oh, Eartha Kitt's character in uh, The Emperor's New Groove. Yzma. She's brilliant. I love her. She can go on. That's one of Kirsty's favourite films. I'm sure she'd, she'd be happy that you've said that. Um, what else do I like? What else do I like? Lady. I remember Happy Memories as a kid. I was well into Lady and the Tramp, so she can go on. All right, there. okay. She's got, Interesting. She's, she's got a nice face and floppy ears. She can go on. Have you seen that they're remaking that for Disney Plus? Ugh. yeah my thoughts exactly (laughs) i mean there is plenty to like about disney plus considering i'm uh, very much a comic book kind of guy and yeah there's been some interesting announcements for that that i'm very excited and may have talked for over an hour on it on my own show so i won't hear but Uh, yeah i was gonna say like marvel especially because we just had d23 in the last few weeks yeah d23 um, was there is a bit of a crossover for both of our shows Mm -hmm. but um 
But this uh, episode's not going out until uh, the end of October, so we'll 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 sidestep D twenty three for today. Right. Well, if it's <laughs> um if it's not going out to the end of October, uh, Geek of the Week is no more. Because Fraser moved away to, well, this, this is past me talking about future me, but, uh, Fraser's moved to university by now. Um, right. so the show is now called Pull or Pass, and my new host is my friend Zach, who, uh, oh, was, wow. um, on over the summer when Fraser was in America. So the show is continuing and will already have started to continue, but I, I now do the Pull or Pass podcast. Wicked. And of course, if everything's gone to pot and I'm talking out of my ass, then I apologize. <laughs> right, so I, we need one more um, head for your I mountain. I do, I do, we do, don't we? Did you think you got out of that one? I did. <laughs> uh, Jake from the Cat from Outer Space. <laughs> right, okay. Because he's, he's got a nice face, look at his face. He could have like a light-up collar Although for a, the a, uh, mountain, that would be pretty cool. That weird. would be pretty cool. I, I did look up. Like, people could go inside the mountain and look out from uh, like an observation deck in the collar. That would be well good. See, that's You've perfect. You've already thought about it, haven't you, Tim? <laughs> well, I did Way kind of much. assume Mark was going to pick the cat. I was hoping he'd pick the cat since he's made us watch this film. I do like cats. <laughs> uh, I did look it up. It wasn't just one cat. It was a brother and sister cat called yeah. Rumpler yeah. and Amber. It's uh, It tends to be the way with, with children and animals, isn't it? You can never trust just one to do um, <laughs> a full part. You always have to get twins. <laughs> so how did everyone watch this film this week? I, uh, For the first time in a very long time, it was actually on the Disney Life app, so I didn't have to pay for it. Oh, bloody hell. Who would have thought? Um, just for your benefit, Mark, um, the episode that we recorded last time Mm -hmm. uh, something wicked this way comes which was chris's choice not only was it not available on netflix amazon um youtube disney life daily motion or sky it was also never released on dvd in the uk well then how in the world did you watch it um, I found a copy on Pirate Bay, which still exists, which had about three seeds on it. Someone barely got it. Right. So we literally had to be naughty for this episode, for that particular episode. Well, if you've listened to my to, to Geek of the Week in the past, you, you know my rant about not British people not being able to get good stuff. So uh, yeah, mm. yeah, I won't have it again here. <laughs> well, still haven't is... seen Swamp Thing. Well, Chris is pretty naughty when it comes to. His uh, viewing habits, anyway. Have you illegally oh, watched Swamp Thing? Is it any good? I've not legally watched Swamp Thing yet, no. I love the oh, yet. Mind, though, I, I do have Amazon, I do have Netflix, I've got Sky, I've basically got everything, but yeah, I still have to bloody pirate these Exactly films. right. It drives yeah. me around the bend. I it's, yeah. I really try not to do it. I'm having my same rant again. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I, I got going, I was like, shit, you're doing it again, Mark. So, so yeah, insert rant actually- here. <laughs> so how did you actually uh, watch this film, Mark? Well, um, I learnt from you two that there is an option on Amazon Prime to go slightly cheaper if you don't have HD. So I paid £1 less for, I don't even know what, was it SD? Yeah, it's yeah. standard Cra- definition, which uh, is, it standard? is all you need for this. Well, they they hide it in the options, don't yeah. they? You have to go searching for it. Well, yeah. it was because of listening to your podcast that I learned that that was even a thing. Oh, so right. I well, saved a pound, then. saved a pound, thanks to you, and I paid £2.49 of my English <laughs> money for uh, for the cat from outer space. I didn't buy it, I rented it. That's fair enough. <laughs> the first time I watched it, was it was actually just on Netflix, but it's not on Netflix anymore. 
Yeah, obviously a lot of stuff's um, disappearing from Netflix once Disney had sort of decided that they were going into the streaming business. Don't get me started about the Marvel Netflix shows. Right, mm, okay. Fair enough. In- insert standard rant here. <laughs> so you're not a fan? I love them, and I'm very, very upset that Disney took their ball oh, away. right, I see what you yeah. mean. That's my but now you're going rant. to get lots of wonderful new shows. I know, but The Punisher was really fucking good. <laughs> and so was Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Iron Fist was there. I haven't watched any of the Netflix shows. Daredevil and Punisher are the ones you should watch and the first series of Jessica Jones. Well, actually, no, I think I watched a couple of episodes of Daredevil. To be honest, I'm not a big comic book guy. I Boo. try so hard. Do you know what? Actually, this... This year is the first time I've ever subscribed to a comic book. Um, I actually have been collecting the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Marvel comic. Okay. Um, because we're planning a trip in next year in March. Um, so I thought I'd get all the backstory first before we go. And um, I'm, I'm, have you read that one at all? No, I actually haven't read much Star Wars stuff. The stuff I have no. read, I've really enjoyed. Particularly well, the more recent the... run. Well, don't bother with the Galaxy's Edge ones, because they're naff. <laughs> if you do want a Star Wars um, book that's good, uh, the Chewbacca one is bizarrely charming. The right. The um, Captain Phasma one is something that should have been in one of the films, because it fleshes her out more than any of the films did. And from about, maybe I think it was about 2015, the Darth Vader comics are bizarre. They actually make an antagonist an interesting protagonist in a book. So they, right. that's worth trying. Okay, I might give it a go, because Darth Vader as a character in general doesn't really excite me normally, so if, I would never pick it otherwise without a recommendation. So, cool. I'm so behind since... When, when they said that they were going to reboot Star Wars, the whole continuity, I was really excited, because I used to be a massive Star Wars nerd, and... Uh, I told myself at the time that I was going to use this as an opportunity to get up to date and l- read and, you know, digest everything. And I've done nothing. I've read, like, <laughs> one book since uh, The Force Awakens came out, but never mind. I quite liked the new films, but I've never really been a mass... You know how, like, you seem to either love or loathe Star Wars? Yeah. I quite like Star Wars, and I think I'm an, I think I'm an anomaly for just quite liking Star Wars. I used to really like it, but I do think I've I've kind of got to the point where I just quite like it now. I'm not, you know, I watch the films and that's enough for me. I'm just indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> I am that indifferent person. I, I didn't really see Star Wars till quite late on, so like I enjoy the first three. Obviously, the prequels are a bit naff, but I've got no opinion either way. Got the Star Wars I've been kind of the other year. That was neat. You know, the, the Lego one. <laughs> oh right, yeah, I kept seeing that and wanting it, but yeah. never did. Yeah, that was pretty good. But apart from that, anyway, we've babbled on for twenty minutes. Shall we? Shall we talk about the film now? Speaking of space, segue. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. The reason I was asking why, what version you guys all watched was because the very first little intro, I wondered if it was only on the Disney app or if it would be on the, all the different versions. Because I don't know if you had it, but mine started with a seventies funkadelic spinning Mickey Mouse. Oh yeah, yeah, I've yeah. never I seen before. And it said celebrating Mickey Mouse's 50th. Yeah, I got that. I, I got that too. Oh, right. Okay. Because when I was doing some 
research on YouTube later on, the version that was on there naughtily had a completely different intro. So I was convinced. But oh, yeah, okay. I, to be honest, I think this is my favourite part of the film. <laughs> Spoilers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. It took me by surprise. It was pretty like full on. It's like um, it was, it was like. Uh, yellow and pinky and sort of white stripe things going on, wasn't it? Yeah. It took, I suppose I just looked away for a minute and thought, oh, I'm going to be, this is a bit different than usual. It was the most sci-fi element of the film, nearly. It was a UFO Vis- in it. Well, uh, yeah. And an alien. That yeah. That's a cat. It's still okay. an alien. A- <laughs> cats can be aliens too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's an alien with a nice face. So yeah, it's an um, adorable alien. We yeah, don't hang just, up. You just want to pick up and give it a great big kiss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, that starts with Mickey Mouse, and then we really don't hang about. We get straight into the UFO semi crash landing in a farmer's field. Yep. Um, which I'm pretty sure was the same farm used in the film Gus that we watched a few weeks ago. A few months ago. It wouldn't surprise me, seeing about but, the same time, I think. Yeah. I was going to say, this was 1978. I spotted that because it's exactly the same age as me, unfortunately. Oh, right. <laughs> so was Gus in the late 70s? Because then that would make sense. Yeah, it, it probably was. was yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably is then. And Disney do have a very uh, strong habit of just g- recording in the closest thing that's to their studios often. So we do we are starting to see the same sets creep up. Every so often now. Yeah, I'm the same people. But yes, we'll definitely the same people. Um, so yeah, we find out that this cat in his UFO has uh, crash landed and is seeking repairs. And his mum, who he's talking to, basically just says no. Uh, Gus was 76, by the way. I've just had a quick look. Oh, definitely the same farm then. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds like it was. So what did you all think of the design of the UFO? I quite liked it. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it whatsoever. It's like it's like a smart car, but a UFO. I quite liked it, but I did think it looked like an ice warrior's head. <laughs> it looks like something's helmet, doesn't it? Yeah, it looked yeah. like, from Doctor Who, the ice warriors. I thought it looked like an ice warrior's face. It reminded me very much of Flight of the Navigator. Same yeah. kind of shape. Um but yeah, very 70s kind of sort of smooth, plain design. <laughs> Easy to make. <laughs> Easy to couple together. <laughs> One thing that I noticed during this very, very beginning was, um, like, older films have the credits at the beginning and more recent films have the credits at the end because they ended up with too many people. This yeah. must have been the very transitional point because there was a lot of people's names, but at the start of the film... Yeah, yeah, I uh, got quite distracted by this because yeah. they, they, they list all the actors and there must be about 30, 40 of them because like all those different crowd scenes and at some point you can't actually see what's going on on screen. Yeah, exactly. There isn't, there isn't a dedicated um, credit sequence. It's almost like um, an episode of Buffy or something where they've just literally plonked the credits over the top of the film as it's happening yeah Yeah. (laughs) i reckon they were really struggling to cut the film down so they just had to like just slap them over the top Mm. like but the worst thing as well because there were so many uh words on screen and they had it in like a lime green glow you couldn't even read the names anyway yeah yeah it was naff but it it just struck me that there were there was too much for that style of credits Mm. yeah definitely but one of the things i was sorry go on no, so it's certainly the first time I've ever noticed that sort of like credits at the beginning of a film that I've actually been distracted by them, and I've seen quite a lot of 
these older type films. I've ever never distracted like this one did. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. The one thing I did notice was Roddy McDowell. It's Galen. Made me very happy. Galen from Planet of the Apes. Oh, that's where uh, I know the name. For God. <laughs> was there no, anyone else more to... famous than him? He was the famous one for me. Roddy McDowell was. was I, I, I'm, hey, I'm bad hey, with I actors, saw, really, though. Hey, I, I saw that at first. I thought the guy from Clockwork Orange of Ox. No. <laughs> um, there's some characters, uh, some actors that we have seen before. For instance, um, Liz, the female scientist, she has cropped up on, uh, she was in the Million Dollar Duck. An old time classic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sh- sure, mate. <laughs> like the cat from Outer Space, right? Yeah, yeah. and then um, one of the spies who comes up later is, um, he played the vicar in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Good grief. But that's uh, that's pretty much all I recognised from this film, to be fair. So yeah, no no sooner as the cat crash landed that the uh, the army turns up already after him. Pretty much. <laughs> they turn up in the Nomobile, pretty much. <laughs> pretty realistic, really. Yeah, to be fair. Probably um, the only realistic part of the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty daft, isn't it, this one? I love it. Spoilers. Mark, won't, Mark won't know about the Nomobile yet, because no. obviously that's not come out. Uh, yeah, you'll have to look forward to our episode about the Nomobile. Okay. The, uh, have you ever heard no- of that one? The Nomobile. The Nomobile. Yeah. We're driving along in the Nomobile. That is literally the song. Wow. That sounds and enthralling. This is a film that's got the kids from Mary Poppins in it, and the credits literally call them the Mary Poppins kids. Good grief. <laughs> that's... So yeah, we're doing well for some weird and wacky credits at the minute, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, just a bit. Uh, yeah, so the army dudes, they're watching the UFO from afar, um, and they reckon it must be the Ruskies, the good old Russians. Of course. Because we're Cold War kind of era at the moment, but obviously we know it's a cat who's watching them as they're watching the UFO. And he's got such a nice face. He keeps looking, and he's got this face, and it's just a really (laughs) nice face. (laughs) Do you like cats or something, I really like cats. (laughs) I mean, you're with the right crowd. We've yeah, both we, got cats. We do, yeah. I've had to lock my cat out because she's very enthusiastic and would probably just distract me with her face. I, I just like a cat with a nice face. Well, we normally end up with a cat with us um, if Kirsty's at work, but she's at home today, so uh, she'll she'll be keeping the cat entertained. That's, uh, my cat is um, Chris's wife, apparently. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> There's more. Pi- I love her so much. There's... Don't tell Millie. <laughs> there's, there's more pictures of my cat on Chris's Instagram than there is on my Instagram, and there's also more pictures of my cat on his Instagram than his cat's. <laughs> well, I, I bloody hate Instagram. I can't. I'm far too old for it. It confuses me. Why can't everyone use Twitter? But I use it because I have to have one for business. Yep. Same. Our cat is is our, our baby. We we treat her <laughs> like she's our child and dote upon her. Oh, I'm sure How it should be. I'm sure Daisy would like that from us, but well, she gets it from Kirsty, just not me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she gets it from me instead. Yeah, to be fair, mm. I approve. Uh, so yeah, they um, the army grab this UFO, take it back to their hangar at the army base, and decide that it's definitely not Russian. I still don't understand why they think oh, communists must build it. You know those commies with their alien technology, and not just like their different way of ideological thinking. You've got to remember, though, the Americans have been obsessed with the Russians for, like, 20 years already by this point, pretty much. True, yeah. <laughs> and we get this kind of running gag where the 
general will then ask the colonel to do a job who then delegates to the captain who delegates to the sergeant um which crops up a few times i actually laughed the first time not so Did much you... the second third fourth fifth. <laughs> yeah it's it's not one that you know repetition's supposed to get funnier the more you do it but it doesn't really work on this does it it was satire to begin with and then it just became unfunny so yeah what you're saying is this was the cleverest gag in the film uh maybe <laughs> let me look at my notes i didn't watch it for the gags i watched it for the cat yeah, well, I mean, if you're watching it for the cat, you get your money's worth because there's True. a lot of cat in this film. True. But I say, can we give 20 gems on this podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just for the cat. Cat. Lovely face. Yeah. 49 gems. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, go to the uh, Energy Research Laboratory where everyone from the science community, I think in the entire world, is all crammed in one room. We get a million introductions in one, at one go, don't we? Oh, God, this again. Uh, the amount of times we get this in Disney films. Just yeah. like, here's this guy, here's this guy, here's it this guy. It was naff. Remember all the names and go. Like, it didn't help that we've already had so many army men to learn about just in the last scene. Yeah. Like, they throw people at you thick and fast in these. I think there's literally 12 people in this scene, and they all get a credit at the beginning of the film. Yeah. But most notably in there is Liz, the, the mandatory woman. Yeah. Because there's no, no one else in there. And um, uh, so this is Liz, or also, she's from Million Dollar Doc, best yep. film ever. And we've got the Colonel, like, barking, like, he wants answers. He's also got a horsewhip for some reason. Yeah, riding crop. Yeah. Mm. Well, didn't some military. Jesus have like a not a crop though, but like a kind of some kind of stick that they held under their arm, like a yeah something like shorter than a than a. No, see, this is my knowledge, so shorter than a Joe staff, but not like you know what I mean. I don't know what no, it's called, yeah. but it wasn't it was a riding like a crop. Mm. That yeah, we'll call it a baton, but that wasn't a baton. It was it was clearly a riding crop. Yeah, it, it looks like he's stolen it from a dominatrix. Maybe that is his thing. Oh Dis- yeah, but disapp- maybe there's like a leather gear right under his army suit. True, <laughs> fishnet stockings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, like he never even uses it either. He doesn't no. like. Oh like, no, he gives that table a good battering. That that one time, like yes, it could have been a. It's an underused prop that one definitely. Uh, but they they have this top secret box that they show, which has this floating, glowing. Well, the others call it an artichoke. It's more like a sort of... Orange juicer. <laughs> it's the gems ha! that we're searching for in this uh, series. I oh, think. there it is. Yeah, Fantastic. we found it. Every, everyone, we can go home. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for finding the gem. We can... Well, that was without a mouse. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet, Chris? I <laughs> say, what will our next series be? Well, you were saying about doing that Hulk Hogan bullshit, weren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hulk my, my Hogan favorite. bullshit? Tell me more. Yeah. All right, now we've had that Disney talk at the beginning. I can sit quietly whilst you two talk about wrestling now, can't I? Well, I can do, but I just want to mention my upcoming Thundering Paradise podcast. It's got to be done. Go on, then. Did, did, did you did you ever watch Thundering Paradise back in the day? No. So so this was, this aired on ITV, and I think like TNT in America. Um, it's what if um, Hulk Hogan was filming between leaving WWF and going to WCW, and it is basically Knight Rider in a boat. Right, okay. And it's and it's him and uh, Jack Lemmon's son, and they basically spend their time uh, fighting communists. 
and uh boat related shenanigans and there's all sorts of cameos like you'll get like Brutus Beefcake and Jim Neidhart on the beach arm wrestling for some reason you'll get Jimmy Hart like flying about talking even though he's not really a character oh what episode stings the bad guy in it, it is... <laughs> you know when he was still had that uh, blonde crew cut so it was just like really weird as well you know when he's like the ultimate good guy he looked like Guile from Street well Guile from Street Fighter 2 looked like him I suppose oh I, I just think when did Street Fighter 2 come out was that about oh, no, 94, been, 95? Yeah, I'd say it must have been after Sting. So yeah, I think there were 22 episodes of Thundering Paradise, so that's a good 22 episode podcast, I reckon. Plus the uh, Philips CDI game. you, you got to get one of them in as well. <laughs> I'd, listen, I'd totally listen to that. <laughs> there w- we go. But like oh, your podcast, oh, I, wouldn't watch the, I wouldn't watch Thundering Paradise. I'd just listen to the podcast about Thundering Paradise. We live in an odd meta world, don't we? Oh yeah, we do. If you about like film podcasts, I've listened to it. It's just like I act like I've seen the film, but it's like no, I've just listened to a review, seen the video <laughs> review on YouTube. It's all you need these days. Well, that's all I'm doing for the Lion King remake. I'm definitely not going to watch it. <laughs> but it's 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 just kind of there. It's just it's fine, and there's cats. But why is it there? It achieves nothing other than being the same film with slightly worse songs. And odd CGI. Yeah, um, I can't say I've seen it. Apparently everyone else saw it. It made a billion dollars at the box office. So that there's your answer. It's just there as a nice little cash well, they're obviously make, Yeah, they're obviously it, making money from them because they keep making them, don't they? Yeah. So yeah, Disney's only original ideas these days seems to come from Pixar. And even then, they've fallen into sequel writers themselves. Yeah. I've listened anyway. to um, Cinemortuary, the first two episodes, and I have a 50% I've actually watched that film so far rate on that. I was going to try and listen to more of it before I came on here so I could, like, I don't know, talk about horror films as well, but I, yeah. I, I haven't. I've listened to the first two. To be fair, for them, I've seen, I saw maybe 10 of those before and before I'm to review them for the podcast. But I mean, but again, my role on that one is to be like the. One who hasn't seen them, because I haven't. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm not a horror film fan, but I still enjoy listening to the podcast. But anyway, back to the film at hand. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just we... like horror film. I like horror films as well. Right, sorry. Whilst you two were just talking about wrestling, I was just checking my Facebook. Cause... <laughs> 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 so yeah, um, this top secret box. It's got a glowing, shiny, floaty thing, um, which apparently is the. Pr- propulsion device for the ship uh, and the army basically say to all the scientists how does it work go and expects like all these scientists without having any experience of this item to just know how it works well that's what scientists do (laughs) all these theoretical physicists standing around going "Mm -hmm." it hardly seems fair no it doesn't does it like they don't experiment on it they don't get time to just sort analyze, of analyze it, it. Yeah. yeah they get they get literally five seconds of looking at it from across the room and are expected to know how it works and at this point we find out that there's a spy in their ranks who as i said was um this guy who played the vicar in um ben Hobbs and broomsticks who kind of had a sort of spy-ish similar kind of role where he just i don't know if you guys remember him ben Hobbs and broomsticks he literally just is he turns up at the door every so often and something 
witnesses something weird happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember him. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a very similar role. His his whole um, oeuvre is just pulling lots of shocked and confused faces. That's that's what you hire him for. And to be fair, he can do that. Yeah, yeah, it's he's he's all right at gurning this guy. Now, here's a question: Was this guy supposed to be a commie? Well, I think I so. Assi- I assumed so, but we'll come yeah. into it later on when we find it, meet his boss. Yeah. Because... You mean Blofeld? <laughs> yes, Blofeld. <laughs> Beardy Blofeld. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, for the whole film, assumed that he was a commie until it turns out his boss at the end is has an American accent. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Could be American communist as well. Uh, it could be, I suppose. But yeah, Liz, the uh, lady scientist, um, suggests that maybe Dr. Wilson will know what's going on. No and everyone. Yeah, no relation. <laughs> Everyone is very adamant that he should not be involved because he's unorthodox but brilliant. And this is a v- prime example of Disney kind of telling you not showing you because mm. we never actually see him do anything madcap or dark. <laughs> like, we're just told he's crazy, so he must be. Yeah, uh, he's not, though, is he? Well, apart from... Not like, really. When, <laughs> they ask him what he does think and his first thought is mayonnaise. <laughs> Just kidding. But, um, yeah, he talks about something called the primal mainstream. The the primal mainstream. This is to do with, like, the electromagnetics in your brain. Well, I thought it was your new new metal band, Chris. Oh, if only. (laughs) Primal mainstream. (laughs) That does sound like a new metal band. (laughs) But the cat kind of pricks up its ears when he says this as if, like... He could be onto the right track. Yeah. Um, and he gets thrown out of the meeting, basically. Right. Going back to the cat pricking its ears, they did seem to have put quite a lot of effort into making the cat acting pretty good, actually. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as we, we reviewed 101 Dalmatians not very long ago, mm. and we had a similar thing with that, where the dogs in that should have won Oscars. Like but that, that was much later than this. Oh, yeah. 90-something? 95, um, maybe? 96, yeah. 96, yeah. But, you know, if this, my your campaign, give animals the Oscars. You know, either they should be up for nominations just as much as humans. Absolutely, yeah. I'd say the cat the cat does really well in this film. Yes, I, I think so. I think he's a, it, the best actor in this whole film, again. Absolutely nails all those expressions. And the, <laughs> the team that they're playing... Next two aren't the greatest. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> no, it's I, I, it's not that I disagree with you. <laughs> so we go to Wilson's lab. He's got a rat making his coffee for him. <laughs> Sounds like something you'd do, Chris. <laughs> That's unconventional. Maybe this is, yeah, this is the craziest we see of uh, Dr. Wilson. Yeah. No relation. No relation. <laughs> I could have hamsters do it. <laughs> so yeah, the cat jumps into his office. Dr. Wilson basically names him Jake because he does. <laughs> we see the cat kind of staring at the equations on his board. So I was expecting it to finish off an equation or something. But... <laughs> just like a, this little paw, like, comes in, like, just writes on the board. Grabs the chalk like, and finishes it off. Yeah. yeah. But no, instead he decides to communicate with Dr. Wilson through yep. the power of the mind, which, in all fairness, again, is better than the Nomobile where they actually tried animatronics. Before they do that, before the cat talks to him, one thing that I did find a little icky was, oh, you've got a nice collar, I'll take you home. That's not logic. If a cat's got a collar, then it's someone else's fucking cat. Don't take it home. 
Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I would be very angry if someone went, you've got a collar, I'll take you home, with my cat. <laughs> that's true, yeah. I mean, it would have been an easy fix as well, because they could have just, it doesn't have a, a tag. So the line could have been along the lines of like, oh, you haven't got a tag. I'll see if I can find your owner or some shit. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think Jake's been microchipped? (laughs) (laughs) Cyborg kitty from space. Maybe. So yeah, we go back to the ERL and the spy gets to see this top secret box. Um, So obviously he's going to tell his bosses about that and the army leaving their trucks and we see the spike leaving on a motorbike. So I suppose you could almost call this our first car chase of the episode. No, I'm not counting it. Fine. We've got we've got more where that came from. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, but but that doesn't count. (laughs) And then we get a, a shot at Wilson's pad. It's kind of referenced that he kind of fancies the female scientist when she shows mm. up and he's going to take her on a date. You mean the main character fancies the only woman in the whole film? Exactly. Mm. <laughs> um, she spoil- really is the only woman. Yeah, like that cast this to 40 as well. Yeah. I, I, I just, I'm trying to think of any other woman at any point whatsoever. In the, there isn't even an evil Lynn Tatila. There's just her. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and I think the uh, other cats are girls as well. Oh, yes, there is one Oh, the cat. cat. Yeah. There we go. Because Liz has a cat. Um, it's another cute cat with a nice face as well. But it's that lovely. cat doesn't have any dialogue and is only here as a sexual conquest for our alien <laughs> cat, Jake. So even <laughs> the animals um, are unfortunately prey to some casual misogyny. Just disgraceful. That's but, true. She doesn't... You'd think he'd be like, meow, 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 when he's talking to her, so that she can understand him. But she, but he talks to her in English, so I yeah. don't think she understands him. And a thing that annoys me, spoiler for the re- end of the film, or the rest of the film, but we set up, obviously, that Dr. Wilson fancies Liz, um, who's the female scientist, and by the end of the film, they don't end up getting together. This whole romance plot, which is the only reason she's a female, um, is forgotten about. It is, isn't it? They never get together. They don't kiss. They don't... Um, nothing. I'd like to think they get together. Maybe after the plot ends. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, this is like the, uh, the computer war tennis shoes. Well, we, yeah, cause the, because we had the same thing there, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, where they never actually get together. She, she's just there for they reasons. Yeah, they, she, we never even find out in the whole film if they're even together. There's just a girl there. No. <laughs> well, maybe they got together at the end, but it was already one minute, one hour and 40 minutes, so they cut that bit. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, if they had to throw the credits over the actual film, then they were obviously pushed for time. This film was longer than I expected it to be. Yeah, think, we find that a lot on this. I mean, I think of these 70s era uh, films that we watched so far, they've all been one, one hour 30 on the dot. Whereas this, I think, must be the second or third longest film we've watched on the whole podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's only like 10 minutes longer, but it yeah. feels... A lot longer, doesn't it? Yeah, well, when you put on your song at 1 hour 43, you thought, really? For yeah. a film called The Cat from Outer Space. Yeah, but this is where the cat finally talks to Wilson um, using thought transference and uh, explains it all. <laughs> and then to prove that Dr. Wilson, he's also called Frank, by the way, okay. uh, Frank Wilson the cat floats a cello and a flute and plays them both at the same time to prove that Wilson's not going mad. I mean, I don't know if that really does prove that he's not going mad, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, to be fair, you know, for cello, you you just think, oh, no, 
that's just no power trick, but flute as well. Wow. <laughs> and um, Jake the cat's giving loads of like techno babble gobbledygook as to how he's able to talk and stuff. And it, in a former life, I was a cellist, and um, that bow work was not good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I he's only been on the planet one day, though. You've got to remember. Yeah. I um. I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey relatively recently, and I've decided that that is my kind of, like, focus point for whether or not effects are good, because 2001 was 1968, Mm. ten years before this film. And these effects are okay, but nothing like 2001. And you get films, particularly the kind of films you probably watch on Cinemortuary, that their effects aren't as convincing as the stuff on 2001. So I kind of use 2001 as a benchmark because it's so phenomenal and you forget how old it is because the effects are done so cleverly and work so well. And the cello and flute thing were just about okay compared to 2001. We I think to... that's the first only time 2001 A Space Odyssey will be compared to The Cat From Outer Space. <laughs> I am an odd soul. Yeah, I've, I've suddenly got this mental image of Stanley Kubrick directing The Cat From Outer Space. And it would have been like... a great film if he did. Yeah, and it, 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 like making him do 75 takes of like the scene of his friend later on like drinking beer and watching TV. Just like Stanley Kubrick there just going, No! Again! I think the um, the effects in this were better than a lot of tap Disney around the time. I I felt that quite a lot of it was quite clever and they were quite good at using the, um, the cat. Maybe there was some kind of lights to make him look left and right. I think they must've had some clever trickery behind it because a lot of it was quite convincing, regardless of what you thought of the plot and the fact that it was a bit slow paced. I, I was genuinely impressed by how well they did with a lot of the effects and by the cat. Having watched quite a few of these films now from this kind of era, I think you'd hit the nail on the head when you said the effects are okay. And I think that's what we're finding with a lot of these is the effects are as adequate as you can possibly get. But at the same time, the films are always like the effects are the gimmick for the whole Mm. film that the whole film revolves around. And they could probably have done them a little bit better. To be fair, I... I think the best type of effects are the ones that you don't notice or effects at the time. And I've really no made no notes here about the effects being clunky or anything like that. So I think they're not what clunky. We've, what we've done no. here is a decent job. Yeah. No, the only, the only one would be when um, he's flying and it's so clearly a green screen. Yes. But other than that, it, like I say, the clever trickery, like the cello and like uh, basically all the other effects, they were good. But the only bad one was the green screen, which isn't fucking clever. A green screen is just a green screen. It's not It's not yeah. no. something you've thought. You've just gone, green screen that. So, as we said, we're at Wilson's house. Um, Jake is, basically says that he needs Wilson's help. Um, and if he ha- promises to help, Jake says that he'll basically fast track his research and essentially the development of the human race at this point. Mm. <laughs> Which is pretty, uh, I don't know if that's a fair deal, really. Like, we, we seem to be doing a lot better out of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It might mean nothing to the cat people, you know. The humans are probably still, like, millions of years behind them anyway. I mean, they've got UFOs, for God's sake. Starfleet would have none of this shit, because this is definitely against the Prime Directive. Oh, God. 
<laughs> it is a little, isn't it? I mean, that's that's the best Star Trek you're ever going to get out of me because I'm not even that big a Trekkie, but <laughs> yeah. Cause... Next Gen was the best. Everything else was okay, but Next Gen was worth watching. Yeah, I'm watching it on Netflix at the minute. Is that because you want to watch Picard when it comes out? Well, yes. Um, that looks so good. It does look pretty good. I've said to... Um, we've actually already got a Picard podcast for our network. So um, I'm preparing myself to be a guest on that eventually. I should remember what it's called, and then I could plug it. What the network? No, I know what our network's called. I was thinking meaning the it's actual I podcast. Made this. Even I, even I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just make it so a Picard podcast. That is a good name for a Picard podcast. I approve of this. Is that the actual name? Or we just made? Oh so no, I'm just. I'm, just uh, I'm hoping that's the uh, right I, I, one. I, I'll, I'll double check this while you get on to the next bit. Yeah. So basically, Jake explains with a bit more gobbledygook that his collar is what allows him to do um, basically all of his like telepathic telekinesis shit. It is the right name, by the way. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Coming but, soon to the We Made This podcast. You're welcome, Tony. So yeah, Jake levitates Wilson just in case you uh, he didn't need convincing again after the cello. I'm um, a flute, and then he's made. I'm a talking cat. <laughs> and then yeah, he's... the talking cat's the convincing bit, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. And I think the collar was. Um, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a great way of getting around it. But have you ever seen those films where they where they move the cat's mouth or put like a person yeah. mouth superimposed over the cat's oh. mouth? They freak me out. Hate it. That's not a cat. That is a monster. Well, I said uh, you should watch Nomobile where they had animatronic mouths. So you like get a talking raccoon. No. Yeah, no. pretty much. No, the no, owl I can't. looked like they'd literally skinned an owl and put a robot inside it, didn't it? It was gross. The owl looks like I could edit it, gain some really creepy music, and it'd be Twin Peaks. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I used to do like um, some like videos with my co-host from Geek of the Week, Fraser, where we watched deliberately watch bad films, and we did like a Christmas one where we watched one called Santa Claus, and it was spelled C L A W S, and it was about cats that was santa and um oh the 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 mouse they put people mouths over a cat face and i oh it's the stuff of nightmares we also watched uh bone alone which was um home alone but with a dog and that sounds um, amazing and they did they did the same they did the same with the dog Uh, they are terrible terrible films if you really are interested i'll send you the link to uh the video that's at least 23 people watched. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm up for that one, definitely. Bone, Bone Alone and, and, and Santa Claus. <laughs> terrible, terrible films. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> I'm about to say, yeah, what Tim doesn't know yet is that I'm going to pick Santa Claus for the uh, Christmas special. Oh, oh. It's not Disney. You got, you got to pick the Halloween episode, mate. I'm picking the fucking Christmas one. Which one have I picked? Oh, oh sorry. Uh, I was just thinking there was about 13 Airbud films. Yeah, I bet Guess what be we're Chris... doing for the next 13 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway, I've, I've said you're not getting any picks ever again now. <laughs> like, I'm okay. sick of it. Okay, dokie. Um, but yeah, um, 
Who's picked as this count as? Because when you had... Um, Tim's, it's you, my go next. That, you see, this is the problem we have, Mark, is I'm very polite, and when it's my pick, I get a guest on <laughs> and allow them to pick, whereas then it means we've had a glut of Chris films, and they're all fucking terrible. <laughs> and... <laughs> And as well, like, they're impossible to find, or I have to pay for them. When I have the Disney <laughs> streaming app, I shouldn't have to pay for more films. I had that very briefly. Binge watched um, Gravity Falls and then got rid of it. Yeah, I've been watching a little bit of that. I really need uh, to get back into it. Gravity Falls is magnificent, and I really want to cosplay Grunkle Stan. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> um, right. Where were we? Bloody hell. Yeah, so Sorry, tangents. Dr. Wilson's mate, Link, walks in um, to watch the basketball. Um, and the cat, for no apparent reason, helps one of the players score a basket. Um, he, well, he says, because, you know, just helping his friend out. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah. But that's kind of naughty, isn't it? It's very naughty. And this is uh, one of my issues later on morally with, you know, Fixing sport events. Yeah, because this cat cheats at a sporting event and gets no comeuppance. This cat should be in jail. Yeah. It's fraud. Yeah. (laughs) Then Liz. Match fixing. Yeah, not good. But Liz, the lady scientist, turns up with her cat. (laughs) Basically, her and Wilson were supposed to go on a dinner date, but he's forgotten because, of course, he's got this alien cat to worry about of course right I, I want to call bullshit on this nobody turns up around someone else's house who's got a cat with a fucking cat no. if someone brought a cat to my house my cat pasha would be like <gasps> it would be awful it would be like they just oh why 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 does she do that it's yeah. like she's never had a cat cats famously do not get on without no <laughs> so, so was liz gonna bring this cat to dinner with him no, so, I, th- I think what she says is that um, they're basically going to have a play date whilst she- they go out for dinner. That's what dogs do, not cats. <laughs> As well, though, even if it was a dog, would you let a stranger leave their dog with your dog unattended whilst you go for dinner? I wouldn't trust that. No. You're either going to get lots of little baby dogs or you'll come home and you haven't got a sofa. Or one of them's murdered the other one. Exactly, yeah. Bloody hell, Liz, sort it out. They could have knocked over Chris's uh, Steamboat Willie Lego model he's just spent all week building. That's it. My complete suspension of disbelief is gone because some cat owner clearly wasn't a cat owner. Whoever wrote this hasn't got a cat. Zero gems. End of discussion. Ugh. Um, But then Jake the cat pretends to be sick so that they can cancel the date and... Basically, Jake's kind of doing all this, lots of sneezing. Yep. And I was trying to figure out how they must have done this. And I'm pretty sure someone off camera is just spraying it in the face with water or something like that. This was a concern of mine. Yeah. Oh, Does this count this... as animal cruelty? Back to this subject again. We had a bit of this early on without a mouse where there's a few animals. So there was Gus being hoisted down on a gurney sort of thing from high in the air from a helicopter yeah. from a helicopter there was a bear that i clearly got like abuse marks on it um in escape to which mountain i'm sure there was another one but yeah this is in character for disney <laughs> yeah. i mean you know th- this, this isn't cannibal holocaust but no. it's still mean <laughs> it is yeah it's not nice again do, I do don't you know what happened this film's in... ever been compared to cannibal Holo- holocaust, holocaust either <laughs> well, do you, you know what happened i presume 
I presume you know what happened in Cannibal Holocaust. Yes, of course, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should tell the listeners now I've said that. I think you probably should, Justin. Uh, there was really horrible, horrible animal cruelty in a yeah. Cannibal Holocaust yeah. where um, the I actors fi- legitimately hollowed out a turtle yeah, yeah, and yeah. killed it. And it was filmed and became part of the film. And I didn't know that. I just thought it was special effects. I really liked that film. And now I, I, I just can't watch it. Blech. Gross. It's just, in what world did... Anyone ever think that that was okay with a living creature? And we're here debating fucking plastic straws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still, it's not very nice spraying a cat in the face. No. no but anyway, yeah, we get back to the army base um, and the spy sees Wilson and Jake going in. Um, they find the hangar. And another trope of this podcast that we don't get on with, which is... Um, Security dogs and their um, security uh, partners, let's say. Um, We've had it where the dog actually does its job properly and is ignored by his security guard partner. In this film, the security dog shouts at the intruders and the guard stands there for a good minute without doing anything. Just lets the dog shout at them. Yeah, it's like, why have a dog if you're going to ignore it? Yeah. Yeah. But Jake manages to freeze them using his magical powers. Mm. Um, but you can visibly see the guy wobbling because he's literally just standing still. Well, we've got to do something. One thing with this is this too much? Is this like Superman being completely invincible? I thought so. Is this so. too powerful for Jake to have? Yeah. yeah. I because thought it was overpowered. Freezing happens a hell of a lot in this film, doesn't it? Well, like, literally, he could freeze anything at any time. And, like, he could freeze, like, you know, never mind this subplot later about getting 120 grand from somewhere. Just freezing the entire bank, walk in, grab the money, walk out again. Yeah, it's what um, I affectionately call a sonic screwdriver. When oh, you yeah. have one, when you want to push the plot on quickly, you just press the button on the sonic screwdriver and you've solved the problem. That's why I don't really get on with Doctor Who very much for that. Reason. Oh, I bloody love Doctor Who, but the sonic screwdriver thing is is definitely it's a trope. Yeah, mm. it's it. Maybe it wasn't a trope then because you know this. Let me think, 78, the Doctor was still Tom... Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe He was probably Sonic Screwdriving even in the 70s. Was K-9 around at this point? Could, yeah. Could he and uh, Jake have been buddies? Yeah, they could. Oh, they'd have been good mates. <laughs> I could just see Jake riding around on the back of him. I didn't until you said that, but now that is an image that I want um, Jim will paint it to create for me. <laughs> that is a very Jim will paint it kind of subject, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we finally get a look inside of the UFO, um, and it turns out Jake left um, Donkey Kong playing on one of the screens. Did you... Of course, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like um, straight lines, and then there's these what looks like barrels rolling across the screen. Well, he's five months in there. He's got to keep himself entertained somehow. Yeah, I bet his high score's pretty good. Yeah. And of all the good video games of the time, that's quite a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> and I think only Pong was out in 1978. Yeah, so yeah, this is this technically predates Donkey Kong. Yeah, so maybe, do, yeah. maybe Miyamoto saw this film and then uh, was in, inspired. <laughs> yes, there we go. So what you're saying is the cat from outer space inspired the whole video game business. Yeah, and I'm a huge uh, Nintendo everything. fan. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to think so. <laughs> Maybe I should give it all the gems then. Maybe you're right. 20 gems. There we go. Yep. <laughs> I like the way we're bouncing between 20 gems and zero. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this zero is coming from. <laughs> so um, Jake tells Mr. Wilson Frank to um, 
put this MacGuffin on the roof, <laughs> which I already can't remember what it was actually supposed to be. It was the MacGuffin. Yeah. We don't need. <laughs> we don't need any more than that. <laughs> yeah, this MacGuffin, which for some reason is inside, needs to be outside. So move it. Um, and Frank gets his own collar to use, um, so manages with his own brainwaves to fly around the hangar, um, getting distracted. Crap, green you know screen. You know when you're in a covert operation in an army base, so you decide to fly around the hangar going, weeeee! <laughs> <laughs> and it's could have done without it anyway because of crap green screen. Yeah, like, just get on the roof and sort it. Mm. I think it's also here that we establish that the UFO needs gold to... Yes. To lift off again. Or as Jake calls it, something like, he calls it something like Orb 12. Yeah. Um, now, the thing is, if they'd speak to Liz, you know, she knows a, a million dollar duck somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, nice. I didn't make that connection. She likes her gold, doesn't she? Yeah, She's she a gold digger. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, we get this bizarre callback where, like, Jake says that they need some Orb 12. And Frank's like, oh, is it like mayonnaise? from his weird mayonnaise gag from earlier. And I'm like, what is it with him and mayonnaise? I didn't get the mayonnaise mayonnaise. gag. No, it wasn't. I mean, I've heard mayonnaise used to describe, well, something that only a man produces. And that's probably not what they're referencing in a Disney film. Probably not. Hope not. No, me too. (laughs) Although we did get the word she-male in the Nomobile. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was meant how they think it's supposed to be meant. No. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. Um, you'll have to wait for that one. I look forward to it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so the army finds the frozen guard, um, so they r- basically run in, um, and the alarm rings, so they decide to fucking peg it. Yeah, and I love, so they set the alarm off, and the whole base goes haywire, and I love just have this no procedure to it. <laughs> yeah. just, everyone's like, ah, ah, I'm just like running back and forth. There's vans driving everywhere, one crashing into another. It's yeah. like, what sort of army base is this? It's... There's one man on foot, so they all get in their cars and tanks to chase him round their own base. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are particularly inept. <laughs> but I did, yeah, I thought this was pretty funny, to be fair. Does this count as a car chase? I, I've put in giant letters, car chase. I've got to count. We've got to count that. Yeah, that's a car chase, mate. Yeah, there we go. Whatever episode, it's mandatory. I was about to say there's no dead or absent parents, but to be fair, Frank doesn't have any parents, and neither does this... Jake. Neither does Liz. So no. Jake has a parent. His mum oh, yeah, says some talks... fucking you off at the start of the uh, the film. Yeah, oh, okay, but... so he's uh, thinking all about his dead dad. Then. <laughs> 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 who's who's actually E.T. or something. Yeah. So yeah, there's a weird bit where they they hide in barrels and then the barrels fall over and stuff. Very slapstick. Um, yeah. To be genuinely quite like this bit, because as you say, it was just mental. It was just absolutely stupid. Nonsensical. I, in a good way, I reckon. Yeah. They managed to crash a bin lorry as well at one point. Yeah. It's silly, and kids like silly. You've got to remember, we are three men in your... Well, in your case, in your 30s, me in my 40s. Three grown adults watching a fucking Disney film from the 70s. We are being hypercritical over something that probably got quite a laugh from 70s children. Being a 70s yeah. child myself, my taste in the early 80s was significantly less sophisticated as it is now <laughs> well this is a film called the cap from out of space it's serious business damn it my issue with <laughs> a lot of these films we've watched though is it does have these brilliantly silly 
short segments in what tends to be a really boring, dull film otherwise. So This was that... not a boring and dull film, how dare you? All right. Well, I, I didn't say this one in particular, okay. but we'll wait till the end. So they managed to escape by um, flying a bike over a fence a la E.T., but again, before E.T. Yeah. So basically, basically, this film invents the 80s. Yeah, it's invented everything. And again, going back to the special effects, this was perfectly adequate, particularly yeah. considering it's 40 years old. I would yeah. say I was more convinced by this flying motorcycle than anything in Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Now, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> That's just sacrilege. Oh, it's Best also... It's one of well, my very... That or Sharknado. Well, again, I'm, ve- I'm fond of both of those films. I've watched Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus more than any grown man should have done. But yeah. it's cack. And that's why I like it. I oh, know. Well, what else have we got? Like, Lava Lunch, or if that was another good one. Ah, uh, for goodness that, sake. Well, I've not seen any of the sequels. Is it Mega Shark vs. Crocosaurus any good? Yes, I, I believe. I it's don't been a believe you. <laughs> well, I mean, good in that original sci-fi film sort of way. Gotcha. Like so good in the God. good in the bad way. Cool. Yeah, God, I've seen all sorts of shit over years. I love that kind <laughs> of shit. I, I I could just watch all that kind of crap all day. Yeah, makes me so um, happy. One of my favorite ones is literally a film about a bear running wild in a theme park, and it's literally called Bear. Brilliant. I think I need to see that film. Brilliant. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I guested on um, a podcast called Super Tap Film Club not so long ago, and um, they they let me pick the, the their, their premise is any film that is on YouTube we can watch it and oh, then yeah. talk about it. And I picked Slugs, which um, is a horror film about slugs that eat people. And there's it a great was one called Frogs. We watched one recently called Frogs, and that's pretty similar. That is that on my just, list. It's very daft. Have you actually seen it? No, or? it's on my it's on my watch list. It's very good, <laughs> in a bad Slugs. way. That sounds brilliant. It's brilliant. It, I, I I loved it. It it was re- it was it was significantly more gory than I was expecting. Mm. Um, but there were some very hilarious, very hilarious uh, moments. Like if you Google uh, slugs film slug teeth, you'll see this image of a slug with his fangs, and it's the most <laughs> ludicrous thing you will ever see. But that's for yeah. another podcast. Oh my word! I, I, I've, I've actually googled it. There you go, Tim. You, you should totally... Oh, my goodness. That is brilliant. That's Listeners, Google it. <laughs> Isn't it? On the podcast, we called him Bitey. Bitey. Call the big one, Bitey. Bitey. That was his name. <laughs> I'd, I'd have one of them as a pet. Seriously, though, Slugs was wonderful, yeah. wonderful tat. God, can I argue this as a sequel or a remake? <laughs> I'll give it a go. There's no sequel or remake, unfortunately. It's just tat. Anyway, oh, back yes, to I, the film. I call that oh, a tangent oh, yeah, tornado. <laughs> so happens a lot with me. That's fine. This is usually oh, I, us getting distracted. That's have fine. you ever seen a film called Stonenados? No. What on earth is that? Think Sharknado, but instead of sharks, it's stones. Well, that's significantly less impressive. Yeah, no, we just sort of falls on people. Don't even bite them. <laughs> isn't that, <laughs> isn't that just is a normal literally... tornado? Don't they pick things up anyway? Yeah, they do, pretty much. Isn't I just it, is these... it just made with someone like off camera just throwing like gravel at people? <laughs> That'd be brilliant. I just love how in these original sci-fi films how they've got really specific tornadoes that only pick up certain species, like only like one type. And yeah. you know, sometimes rocks. Thinking about it, I had my own encounter with a stone nado the other week. Right. That sounds unpleasant. Well, I was uh, 
I was streaming around the uh, lawn and I picked <laughs> up a stone and it smashed my entire front door. Oh dear. I could make a film of that. That sounds riveting. Uh, well, I have watched some films that aren't as good as that. Have you ever seen I mean, uh, it... uh, A Nymphoid Barbarian in Dinosaur Hell? <laughs> no, no, but I am definitely going to. I don't. The list. title is the best bit. It is, is it... wretched. Wretched. Oh, is this like a Jesus Christ vampire hunter? Uh, it's a trauma film, so um, yeah, it's it's literally just the title. It is yeah. unwatchably shit. Where right. a surf Nazi must, must die is actually quite funny. Does someone do a trauma podcast that I can guest on? <laughs> there will be one somewhere. Oh yeah, there's a podcast for everything. True. Apart from Fodder in Paradise, but hey, that's coming up soon. Yeah, I've heard it's good as well. Anyway, we need to start talking about the actual film that we have watched. Sorry. <laughs> Do we? Okay. Wait, I've watched all those films I just tangented onto. <laughs> with my tangent tornado. Not to we be confused go... with a sharknado. We go back to Wilson's house. Sorry. <laughs> maybe, maybe it should be a catnado. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. Oh, my God. Here that would go. be the best nado. <laughs> It turns out that the ship requires $120,000 worth of gold because the plan is to then shrink it down to fit the space because and us stupid humans can't possibly comprehend why that is the case. But Jake says... He's trying to pack in more mass than what is possible. Apparently. Physically possible. Yeah. Yeah. Then Link um, just barges back in to watch another uh, sports game. Um, really reminding me of Kramer from Seinfeld at this point because he just wanders into the flat. Right, um, I want to say something about Link. He is yep. a selfish bellend. Oh I've, yes, I've written down bellend in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like literally on my notes, I only ever called him bellend. I didn't get his name. Yeah, he's he's the typical seventies. Uh, oh God, I fucking hate my wife. I'm going to watch sports and get drunk. Yeah, but he's a toxic friend who doesn't listen or support the friend that he imposes on and he totally deserved when the cat fucked him over with beer in the face. (laughs) It wasn't until the very end of the film, near the end, where Liz calls him Dr. Link when I suddenly realised he's supposed to be a fucking scientist too. Did anyone else even pick up on that? Uh, Wait, I picked up at the end. I'm just trying to think what's a a scientist of. Bellendery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, he's... Quite fittingly, he's the um, the trash scientist that is working on uh, turning garbage into energy. Oh, is he? So he's actually... Why, don't, why does he throw himself in there, then? Well, I was going to say, he's <laughs> a garbage scientist and a garbage human being. Really was. Toxic friend. I thought we were going to uh, land on some really awkward dialogue as well, because um, Wilson kind of tries to get rid of him by saying, can't you see I'm busy? And he says, what, playing with your pussy, cat? <laughs> And I was just like, oh, oh, oh no, no, we carried on. That's bit, good. That's bit fine. of blue for the dads. Yeah. <laughs> and then the spies outside watching. Link's bet on... Oh, it's the, it's the greyhounds, isn't it, at this point, I think? Yeah. Oh, no, um, I think it's horses. It's the GGs, oh, yeah, horses. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he's down to win uh, $1,500 if he wins. So Jake... Well, the, um, and the horse turns out to be so shit that it doesn't even get past the starting line, it starts eating yeah. grass upside. So, Jake cheats and makes this horse win. He does. Yeah. Clever um, kitty. So again... Highly illegal. Highly illegal. Bad kitty. Um, Good kitty. 
And then Jake has the plan of why don't we use betting as a way to raise the money to then buy my gold. So for a children's film, the moral of this film is um, get rich however you can, even if it means cheating. And, <laughs> from, and this is from a character that had, that had previously stated that the cats didn't need to evolve into like having opposable thumbs because they evolved their minds. And his moral compass is perhaps a little skewed, despite his very bold mind. I would, I would agree with that. Yes. So Jake and Wilson, they basically decide that they're going to need Link's help, so they're going to have to let him know that Jake is a alien. Is a talking cat. Yeah. With a magic collar. And then there's this weird bit where Wilson is talking to Jake, but Link can't hear Jake speak. And I was and like, "Why?" I, d- I didn't quite get the point in this because did they ever have it where he spoke directly to him? Where, I'm, not where, where sure if, I'm not sure if they even do, do they? Never don't. Jake never speaks directly to anyone apart from Doctor Wilson, and there's actually no reason why. Yeah, but yeah, they, it... they have to whisper in other periods of times so that people don't know that the cat's talking. Yeah, it's all very confusing. Yeah, it's plot. It's a plot hole, fuck up, whatever you want to call it. But um, Wilson explains it all. <laughs> Link, um, the spy's watching again. There's beer, there's floating. There's kitchen roll antics. Of course. Yeah. Like, cons- considering Not very charming though, of him, is it? Oh. Wow. Considering that the effects to begin with um, were like the cello and levitation, I thought pouring a beer back into a can and wrapping him up in kitchen roll was a bit shit compared comparatively <laughs> uh, but... i was expecting his next trick was so jake to like pour on a tablecloth and all like the pots like stay <laughs> that would have been better i would have watched that so yeah i thought there were better ways that they could have convinced him and just as i was thinking that they actually levitate link as well so i was like all right fair enough yeah we go to the bookies at a pool hall and see that um, this place looked dodgy as fuck. <laughs> I, yeah. So I, my expectation after seeing this was there'd be a subplot where a bunch of crooks from a betting shop be chasing them as well. At some point, that would have been a good escalation. It but, would, but it was already a long film. Yes. Yeah. So basically, they put down um, a bet on a three-game parlay. Whatever the hell that means. It's an accumulator, basically. I so assumed it you, would be. You bet on one game and you bet on another, and you bet on another. There's a long-going uh, trope of our podcast, Mark, where I don't do a sport. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm totally with you. If it's not wrestling or speedway, I've got no clue. That's two more sports than I know about. Yeah. <laughs> Speedway's well good. I know of football and... I know of football. <laughs> I, 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 I have I a team because I'm British well. and male, and I, and I tend to only point it out when said team defeats a team of a friend I know. I actually don't give a shit. Wolves. We beat Manchester United and Manchester City last year. I had a field day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd say, yeah. Uh, I did know that. I know my sports. Wolves are a sport team. Yes, they are. They are. If they're doing very well. Good. Although not so much this season, if I remember rightly. They've had a bit of a slow start, I think. Yeah. Can't honestly remember now. I might ask my dad if I've got nothing else to talk to him about on the phone. Anyway, back to the film. Sorry, tangent. Oh, but, oh I've got it. Sportnado. 
<laughs> oh, that would be an awful film. <laughs> that is literally my version of a horror film. That <laughs> with like like footballs and tennis balls and rugby balls, like all floating about, hitting people, like madly concussing them. And I'm in the film, and I'm expected to catch them as they fly out. <laughs> and if then you the world is doomed. And then it gets worse when like stuff like javelins and ice skates and other such oh. things end up in the sport oh, meadow. Wow. That'd be amazing. I would never get that far. It would still. I would die from football <laughs> and, and like the, the football boots with like the studs on them like really spiky ones and yeah yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna write that i'm gonna open up final draft when i get home i'd get hit with film. like a shuttlecock from badminton and even that would kill me <laughs> <laughs> right so we go back to the hangar um where the americans are doing tests on the ufo and <laughs> this is the worst bit of incompetence and I don't know if it's even intentional, but they find fingerprints inside the UFO, and the conclusion that they come to is that there must be an American collaborator involved with this alien, as if Americans are the only people on the planet that have fingerprints. Yeah, those communists don't have fingerprints, do they? (laughs) You know that bit in Men in Black where uh, they burn Will Smith's fingerprints off on that big glowing orb? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's what the Russians do. Um, And they find hair in the craft, so they put it through the analysing computer and they decide that it is um, a cat. And they also find DNA... The the fingerprints match Dr. Wilson. um, But they decide that they're not going to arrest him. They're going to follow him to find out who his boss is, basically. Because they assume that he's a spy. They assume he's a bit of an idiot, therefore. Can't do this on his own. Which is pretty fair. Yeah, pretty much. Mayonnaise. He needs a cat. That's it, he does need a cat. He needs a cat. But again... Exactly. But everyone needs um, a cat. Then we go back to Wilson's pad. Link's offering Jake some nuts as if that's what cats eat. I bet you liked that bit, didn't you, Chris? No. Well, I mean, A, I'm allergic to nuts, and B, you don't feed cats nuts. That's, that's crazy. A cat wouldn't eat nuts. They'd look at it, sniff it, and, and go, we also huh. find out that um, the first team that they'd bet on won without help, and I was like, well, that's convenient. Good old San Diego. I knew they'd do it. <laughs> Then Liz turns up with a picnic because apparently uh, Wilson's forgotten yet another date, the poor lass. Um, and again, she brings her cat. So, <laughs> Why? So Jake pretends to be ill again. So because of this, Liz then goes and seeks out the vet in the building. Um, and Wilson is too busy looking at the TV to notice that basically they're trying, the vet is trying to give the cat a sedative. Yep. Also, at this point, we see Jake chatting up the female cat. And I don't know about anyone else, but I found the, this whole sort of thing a bit awkward. Uh, I found this scene quite irritating, in all fairness. The cat didn't reply, so it was yeah. just a bit creepy for the cat. And then the cat was clearly struggling against the vet because they'd encouraged him to do so. And it was probably quite distressing for the cat. And then yeah. they legitimately yeah. sedative. For the ne- whole next the cat. scene, they're carrying... A- the cat around and it is it's not a, it's not a prop cat it is clearly a fucking cat yeah so and it's asleep the whole time so it must have been sedated for the role mm. which, is, which is not cool no i'm really really unhappy with that and i i'll be honest i didn't remember that from the first time i watched it perhaps i wouldn't have actually picked this film <laughs> if i'd known that that was in there we we talked about the the moral ambiguity of spraying a cat in the face but this is next level shit yeah. yeah, yeah. It's still not hollowing out a fucking turtle, but it's 
it made me really, really uncomfortable that they, obviously you put a cat to sleep if it needs an operation. That's what vets do. But there is no way that you can justify putting a real cat to sleep with a cat sedative just so it's floppy for some scenes in a film. That's that's really unpleasant. What we've pointed out before is that um, the films that are on the Disney streaming app currently, like it seems very slapdash as to which ones are available and which aren't. And bizarrely, some of the ones with these things where we see cats that are clearly sedated, where we've got the most ridiculously terrible racism like in uh, one of our dinosaurs is missing it's yeah i remember bizarre. you talking about it they don't they dress up white people as chinese people they do mm. yeah but it's so wow. bizarre to me that these are the films that disney choose to be available for children of any ages unaccompanied to watch whenever they like on a streaming app and then some of the films that are less egregious we struggle to find because they're not on there which is very odd all it needed was a prop cat yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because they use a prop cat later on with the white cat, whose name I can't remember, when they're in the uh, in the ending sequence. They yeah. do yeah. use a fake cat. Yeah. A stuffed cat or whatever. Yeah. So, again, Jake, this is a football game that's happening, so Jake stops the last field goal, um, but then he ends up sedated and is unable to continue for the next game. Yeah. So they go to the pool hall to try and cancel the bet. And Liz is like, what the fuck is going on? Understandably. Um, so Wilson explains it all again. I'm going to see if I can find the Clarissa explains it all uh, theme tune for Fair that. Enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we go into the town. We see the town exterior for a change and then it turns out the army also have their own spy surveillance van following them so we go into the pool hall the um earnest ernie who's the owner he won't cancel the bet that's because the third game had already started yes and they were already losing so that's that's it they're not gonna win the bet so they try another bet that, that's um, not how betting works. You can't cancel your bet once you've put your money down, even if you ask politely. Yeah, I thought this. I mean, on the, on the Sky Bet app, you can uh, get some money back, but not all of it. But that's before the game begins. After the game begins, you, you're fucked, basically. Yeah. So they decide that they're going to try another bet instead. Um, but there's nothing else actually on that day. So they decide to bet on the pool. I find it very unbelievable that there's no sports anywhere at some point in the world. Uh, yeah, but this is before, you know, your ESPNs and stuff. There will be plenty going on, just not on American television, I'm no. guessing. I say these days I can uh, bet on the Colombian third division if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. but um, So for the odds for the bet on pool against their best pool player, um, they say that they'd give Wilson 8-1, to one, Link 10-1, to one, and Liz, because she's a girl, 20-1. to one. Yeah. Um, and Liz does this, she doesn't want to play, and she does what must be this actress's signature move, which is stick her hand on her head and open her mouth dead wide, because <laughs> this is all she used to do in The Million Dollar Duck as well, yep. and she does it a couple of times in this film. So it might have seemed very inconsequential to our mark, but I noticed it straight away. I didn't spot it other than, well, this is 70s sexism, isn't it? Yeah, so Wilson because the cat's asleep, decides that he's going to use the telepathic collar himself. And Liz, like, turns out she's got a shitload of money in her pocket. 
Yeah, I don't know where she got this on. But she gets really like sincere for a second and really reluctant to hand it over because, as she says, she was planning on buying a whole spring wardrobe, but the guys are just like, nope. And another tray that, you know, in the other film as well, she was motivated by clothes. Oh, she was, wasn't if, she? If, yeah. if, if you remember, she like she was meant to keep this whole gold thing a secret, but she thought, no, I want to buy some clothes. Yeah. I'm going to sell this gold. Women and shopping, lol. I know. So, anyway, they have $300 between them, which will get them $6,000 if they win. The cue ball bounces all around the room, but they manage to pop nothing. So they lose, apparently. I don't know what this game was, though. You have to pot something in the beginning. So I did get, like, the 12 ball bit. So it makes it sound like that you win the game if you manage to break the ball, uh, break the balls, um, I don't know, uh, and the pot ball... Pot them all at once, which yeah. is just not really that possible. It's not very, certainly not common, is it? Not like, really, no. Um, anyway, is it actually possible? I'm sure if you go on YouTube, there'll be some someone who have done it, but yeah. it's very, very difficult. Like you're probably talking like a million to one sort of odds to do that. Mm. Like the sheer force alone, just to get all the balls moving in the first place. Never mind bouncing around, going to pockets. It's just. Very, very difficult. Yeah, and there's a, there's this inconsequential sort of thing that I thought was supposed to be a joke that's going through this whole scene where there's this guy that really wants extra onions in his sandwich. <laughs> and then it turns out, like, he, this guy finally gets his sandwich, sits next to Jake, the cat, and the smell of the onions finally wake him up. <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. Um, but no, yeah. she, see, you should have been extra mayonnaise. The smell, of, <laughs> the smell of a mayonnaise woke him oh, up. Oh, that would have been a good gag. No, Wilson would have got too over over enthused by the mayonnaise. Yeah. I think he probably would, uh, Wilson probably would have started shagging the sandwich. You know, going for his love of mayonnaise. <laughs> so they decide that you know they've lost all the money, but they've got sixty dollars left. So what are the odds now that they know how shit they are? And they say that if she breaks blindfolded, Liz could get odds of two thousand to one at this point. And he's only joking. But um, isn't... they take him up on that bet anyway, which would get them. Oh, yeah, isn't it is. That a it's the exact number, number they need. It's not like a dollar over or under, which is another trope that we've found on this fucking podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, you have. I remember. Anytime anyone needs a spe- very specific amount of money, the prize will always be that exact amount. Yeah. At least leave enough left over to buy a Mars bar or something as well, just to celebrate, <laughs> or some more chopped liver or something, because the cat likes that. Exactly. You know. And then, at this point, I honestly thought that these guys were going to blow it for themselves. Because when the first guy goes to pot, they start moving the cue ball before he's even, like, hit it. And I was like, people are going to notice something's not right. Yeah, this was an odd one, because I only got it in hindsight what they were trying to do. So they were just psyching him out. But why they didn't just have the ball swerve slightly while it's in motion. I mean, I guess it's just like a comedy bit. Yeah. But, you know, it's a bit weird that they didn't automatically suspect after she'd potted the ball, spoiler, uh, that something was amiss. Because surely then you think, well, I'm going to make there's something wrong with the ball. They've switched it. Yeah. And then all of the um, balls after he actually breaks, they all go back into the triangle in the middle. We just have one not go in. Yeah. But then Liz, obviously, even with the blindfold, she pots everything. Um, and we're like, oh, yeah, here you go. Here's the money. 
Good to know you. So Bye. They, so they run away with the cash as quickly as they can. See, because I thought they were going to be like, well, something's wrong here. Better give chase. But no. Well, perfectly fine with it. Yeah, you, you're totally right that it would have been more fun and a bigger escalation if they then got chased for that money. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. Would it have been, though? <laughs> well, I <laughs> don't know. I don't know at this point. Anyway, then we go to the spy cave of spy number one, and it's straight out of James Bond, this, isn't it? Yes. So, apparently, what was it? By getting control of a cat's collar, they can control the entire universe. <laughs> <laughs> To be yeah. fair, it's the first time we've had a bad guy that's not motivated just by money in these films. It's always money. They always want money. Mm. Well, I assume they'll get lots of money well, as yes. they take over the universe. <laughs> yeah. Probably get all the money. But this guy, the the main bad guy, he's called Mr. Olympus. And just to point out, we are one hour and ten minutes into this film and we finally meet our bad guy. Yeah, good point. Yeah. It's a very strangely structured film, this. At this point, I thought that Belland, who loves sports, was the bad guy. (laughs) Yeah. And again, yeah, I'd written down, I'd assumed that they were going to be Russian, but none of them are actually speaking with an accent. Then we go back to the hangar, where the computer is again confirming that it's a cat. But this time, the spy van from before corroborates that Wilson was walking around with a cat, therefore it's probably correct. So I would go and arrest them. But this is where the whole... Collar being too powerful thing comes in again because they're like, eh, we'll just freeze them. Yeah. Okay. Just walk out, go back to the army base again. Yeah, and Jake's get uh, before they turn up, like Jake's getting Randy with Liz's cat again, even though this cat can't consent because she's not sentient. It's like, like Jake is not, you know, it's going nowhere, you know. <laughs> Why does Leave this super intelligent life form want to shag basically? A plant, a pot plant. Now let me introduce you to men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 is a fetish. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I walked straight into that one, didn't I? Yeah. You can get those dolls that look like people, can't you? Yeah, this, yeah. This is basically the cat version of a real doll. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, as uh, Jake and uh, Wilson leave to go to the back to the army base. With the gold they've now got in their possession, I should add. Yeah. Um, because buying 120,000 uh, 120, of gold bullion in one goes not suspicious, but there you go. Different film. Um, but as Liz sees them off, uh, Liz and the sports bellend, the, the, the non-Russians turn up and they just kidnap Liz for some reason. Yeah. I, I guess <laughs> they like bellend, like send the message, you know, that they've got Liz, but you know, so she's kidnapped. There's this great bit where the um, the baddie spies turn up and they see the government spies as well. Um, and they have this brilliant bit of dialogue where one of them says, what does all this mean? And the other one just says, it's exceptionally complicated. And it's just like, yeah, they're, exact- they're saying exactly what we need to hear, which is, who cares? Just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. Yeah, it does feel rushed, but it kind of needed to be at this point because they've had quite a lot of film yes definitely so we get to the army base um wilson's had uh stolen the general's clothes so he's pretending to be the general isn't yeah. he um so he he um tells everyone to get out of the hangar and jake says his first job is to get the ship out of the hangar and i was like why because it flies like it, it doesn't need to be outside first does it like you could just take off where you are um but it's got to go outside at some point 
Yeah. Might as well make it easier for himself. Fair enough. It was just an excuse for them to go for a little ride on a tiny little tractor. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Which was very cute. I wanted one of them. <laughs> they put the gold into the doodad, um, and they make contact with the mother mothership. Mm. No, no, not the dead dad ship. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Link turns up and says to the guard outside, let me in, and mates with the general. And the guy on the door's just like, all right. <laughs> yeah, that was pants. This, this fucking army base. I know, they're fucking terrible. Then there's more freezing of people. Oh yeah, then uh, Link goes to him, explains what's happened to Liz, and Jake's like, no, well, I'll stay on Earth, you know, we've got to go rescue Liz, this woman I've like, had maybe two interactions with, you know, I need to save her. But they point out, well, no, the ship's about to go, you know, he's got to go blast off, go back to his people, his cat people. And yeah, so it looks like Jake gets in the ship and flies away, except he doesn't. No, the ship flies off without him. He's he's staying here to look after Liz. Because after ruining all of these sporting events by uh, fixing the events and then deciding he wants to shag a cat, he then suddenly has a moral compass when it comes to Liz, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> makes perfect sense. So they turn up at the airstrip where Liz has been held hostage um, and the bad guys are in a chopper, and then there's the army men in a car. There's also the police chasing the main characters, so we're getting yep. a bit sort of action fast going on. Another car chase. Hey. Um, and Jake, using his powers, decides that he's going to pilot this wrecked biplane to follow the chopper. And we finally get to like a really good action sequence in my opinion, because we get to see some real stunt work. Yeah. And they finally replace the cat with a stuffed cat, so we know yeah. it's not in any danger. But we've had... Yeah. As we've said, we've had a lot of green screen. We tend to have a lot of green screen in all of these films, but we actually do get to see some real stunt people in this real biplane, this real chopper, hanging from it, jumping up and down on all of the wings, like hang, dangling from the chopper. It's actually really good, I thought. And considering how long this film is and it's quite got a, quite a ploddy sort of pace. It did get the excitement up, I thought, at the end. Yeah, it, it was decent. You certainly wouldn't cut this down. You know, no. it was it was innovative as well because you could have had another car chase, but they had a a helicopter and a biplane. Yeah, it's that's pretty cool. Yeah, the, the, the only thing is, there's this really silly bit where they're coming up to this giant bridge. Um, and rather than like flying above or below it, there's this tension that they're going to fly directly into the bridge. And it's like, both of these craft can avoid it. Yeah, that's a go up or down. You're flying in three dimensions. <laughs> well, this was like still maybe like on the Atari days. Like they don't know that. I'm sure that was like an early flying game. Oh no, maybe asteroids. Maybe they had asteroids back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's asteroids, Pong, maybe Space Invaders by then, yeah. but I'm not fully sure about no, that. No, no three dimensions then, so I can see how it got confused. Yeah, so there's a good raising of the stakes because Liz, um, all of the bad guys bail out of the copter, leaving um, Liz on her own, so the the boys have to go and save her. Not being funny, but wouldn't that helicopter nosedive right away? 
and like <laughs> and like as it gently like moves along, this is like oh crumbs. Yeah, the, the contrived moment of the week is that the like, vicar spy um, accidentally fires a flare inside the helicopter, which apparently locks all the controls. I was like, I'm not sure that's how it works, but okay. Don't know why have you ever fired a flare inside a helicopter. Well, no, I can't say I have. Mm, there you go, then. It still kind of worked, and there was some genuine peril, passing cats and yeah, jumping out of the helicopters The whole sequence as a whole does work really well, I thought. But then we get the the army bros in the base on their phone. They've, they've heard from the president, and he says that, <laughs> that Jake can be treated as a representative of a friendly power. And it's just like... Oh, okay, we're going to get serious now, are we? So, when did they tell the president that there was a talking cat? <laughs> yeah, over the phone as well. Yeah. Like, who's going to believe that? I, and, and the president's like, yeah, sure, better make it a naturalised US citizen. And at this point I was like, so if the president's involved, knows that there's an alien life, why are they not sending like the entire US military down to this base? Like, It's a very good question, it's... <laughs> It's just like no, just just let it let the cat know he can come round for tea sometime, <laughs> and then they finally rescue Liz. We see the baddies hung in a tree because because Disney film. Yeah, well, hung in a tree over the edge of a cliff. <laughs> yeah, with our commie from earlier on, the, the vicar holding on for to the main baddie. You know, yeah. if he lets go, he's at it. And then in the biggest like sort of twist that I did not see coming at all, we get our final scene, which is in a courtroom. <laughs> Where, where Jake becomes a citizen of the United States of America. Why? Why not? <laughs> this, well, is, this is the bit where Liz and Wilson should be shacking up. Yeah, I say I'm sure Million Dollar Duck didn't have that end in the courtroom as well. It did, yeah. So, a hundred percent of this woman's films end with her in a courtroom. Yeah, she's getting trouble. off the hook as well. Yeah, that Liz is trouble. I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, so um. Jake is made a citizen of the United States instead of, you know, just pretending it's a normal cat and letting him lead a normal life. And so Jake responds to this by having the judge float around a bit. <laughs> Which doesn't make any fucking Again, sense. Again, why? Like, also, like, the judge, when Jake starts reciting the Pledge of Allegiance, gets really shocked that this cat can talk. I'm like, why the fuck did you have a cat in your court in the first place if you didn't know it could talk? So sat at the front desk, you know. Yeah. Know. Also, right, if there was a fucking alien cat that could talk and he was going to become an American citizen, the newspapers would have reported this and a million people would have flocked to this courtroom to see the talking cat. There's four people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's weird. Very, very weird. Maybe it's classified. But then again, then again, at that point, to be really grim, wouldn't they take the cat away and dissect Yeah, it? they would. In a, re- in a real American society, that's what would happen. But then it? again, the, in, in real but life. that's the reality, isn't it? It's a silly plot. It's fun. It's for children. There's a talking cat who can levitate judges and it isn't supposed to be realistic. It's whimsy. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end of the film. So we've come to our final thoughts. So, as is going to become tradition um, I nearly said as is tradition but again you're only our second oh, yeah. guest we'll let our guest especially since he picked it go first um, so as you'll know it's a score out of 10 
just to annoy Chris, you can go for um, decimals oh, with your yeah. <laughs> with your score. So if you want to, well, first of all, if you want to just give us your final thoughts on this film, it is fun. Like I said before, we're a bunch of grown adults watching a film that was created for children in the seventies, and the reality is they weren't expecting something as sophisticated as even kids today would want. And there's a cat with a nice face who does cool shit. So I think for 1978 and the target audience, I actually think it's a pretty good film. It is too long. The plot is full of holes and is very, very silly. But it's still fun and it's very Disney. And there's a lot to like in it, like the cat talk, like the cat acting and just the cat and the cat. And the cat. Um, and it, it's daft. And it is exactly the kind of film I would want to sit down with Viper and Jailer Dark and watch whilst eating too much pizza to the point where we were just like, I've eaten too much pizza, but there's a cat. I, I have no regret. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Chris, what are your thoughts? Oh, the cat was adorable. I just want to like pick it up, you know, give it a great big cuddle. You know, well, I hope it's like a lap cat so you can just like have it. There, just give it a good stroke. Oh, the film, okay, the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think at this point, we're like, what, about 18, 19 episodes deep? We are, yeah. I think my issue is that I've seen this film in all the other films so far. Yeah. Um, it is just basically like a 70s Disney mega mix, which isn't the fault of the film itself, I think. As its own standalone piece, you know, not thinking about anything else, it's perfectly fine, overly long. And it's a weird thing with Disney films where it is whimsical, but there's just too much adult stuff going on. So, like, yeah. So, with like betting and, you know, and uh, science and government officials and all that lot, it feels like the concept owed itself. For more, for there to be children in there instead, yeah. Instead of like all these grown, grown ass men and the one woman, it, it's very strange. But then again, these Disney films are quite strange that regarding that they clearly they are aiming for children, but they're also not at the same time. It's very strange. So, what about you, Tim? All right, um, going from what you're saying about uh, it tends to have a lot of adult stuff going on in these films. Me and Kirsty recorded one of our spin-off episodes, Decombobulated, um, where we um, review Disney Channel original movies. And a thing that I pointed out at the time for that one was that every single decom that has ever really been made is pretty much all about kids and teenagers aged between 12 and 15. Mm. Um, every single one. And we seem to be finding the same with all of these Disney films from this era but it's always about middle-aged men doing middle-aged men things, yeah. talking about mortgages, being scientists. Everyone's a everyone's a white male figure of authority, either working for the government or a scientist. Yeah, and don't forget heterosexual. Yes, all no, all heterosexual, definitely. <laughs> um, all you know, red-blooded males that want, all fancy the one woman. Um, Watch sports. Uh, yet yeah, there's too much fucking sport in these films. I hate it. But, um, yeah, I think if we'd seen this earlier in the run, I feel like I would have enjoyed it more because there are a lot of whimsical, fun 
elements, but it's so similar to all of the films that we've been watching. In like, I wasn't even sure. I spent the first hour of the film thinking, "Is this the guy from Million Dollar Duck or not?" And mm. it's not. But the even the actors feel similar when they're not. It's always the same kind of same dudes but there were some really good bits i really enjoyed the finale another thing with these films is disney struggle to know the difference between escalation and complication so where as you say where the plot could get sillier and sillier as more and more people are chasing them and as you said it would have been funny if the bookies and everyone had joined in for the ending I feel like Disney's plots tend to get too complicated rather than being good escalations. But, I don't know. It was alright. The cat really helped. The fact that there was a cat in it. I like cats. Don't we all? Don't we all? No For no real? dog people here. I like, I mean, I like yeah, dogs. Me too. me too. Just, you know, cats are my I've preference. Been saying, yeah, cats are my preference. Um, mainly because they're independent and I can currently have one with my um, living situation. But I've been saying I'm pregnant with dog for quite a while because <laughs> I do want a dog. It's a long pregnancy, though. So you've been and shagging will, uh, uh, animals that are non-sentient as well, then, is what you're saying. Oh, no. <laughs> you had to make it yeah. icky, didn't you? Hey, what type of dog do you want? Daxons. Oh, nice. Good choice. I, I, oh, look at look at day faces and tell me that is not the loveliest yeah. of dog. I, I, I want a pug at some point. Pugs are amazing, yeah. but a, a Daxund is... Um, is, is is definitely the dog that I am pregnant mm. with. A cat and a gecko is enough for us. We're we're good as we are. <laughs> you have a gecko. Yeah, we we had some gecko wrangling to do the other week when we were recording. Chris turned up and uh, the day that we discovered that Kirsty left the tank open all night, we had an escapee somewhere. And wouldn't the cat nom the gecko? We had to leave the cat outside for the whole day, and she was very annoyed. <laughs> oh, poor kitty! But literally, the second Chris left the house, we managed to find it. So. That was that was all fine. Anyway, gem numbers. So again, Mark, it's your turn to go first with the gems. So if you want to kick us off, well, I my my taste in film is odd. Um, my favorite, I can't tell. I could give you my two favorite films of all time, which are Sin City and The Fifth Element. I can't choose between them, and I, I do tend to be much more of a geeky film rather than a worthy film kind of a guy. And I so so love bad horror films. And I love dumb shit. And this was definitely dumb shit. Yes, definitely. I sat there, I sat there giggling at the cat doing dumb shit and having a nice face and really did. I didn't quite enjoy it as much as the first time I watched it when I was sat with friends and laughing and eating pizza, but I really did enjoy it until the animal cruelty. <laughs> I can't, yeah. I can't get that out of my head. So I think. I think I'm going to give you two different gems because I am going to penalise it heavily for fucking sedating a cat when it wasn't ill and needed, didn't need an operation. So I feel, I think I'd have given it a seven gems if, no, 7.5 gems just, <laughs> just to annoy Chris. Yeah. I, think, I think I'd have given it 7.5 gems just uh, if, if the, they'd used a fake cat. But I am going to knock two off. Five and a half gems. Okay. Okay. Chris? Um, <clears throat> I think I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Yeah. If I say right down the middle, it is quite the average Disney film 
of this type, as it turns out. You know, it's literally like, like I said, everyone got elements of everything else, so I think it's only fair that we go right down the middle with it. Maybe would have gone with a six just for the cat alone. Oh. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a pretty fair score. Right, okay. I'm surprised because I'd written a six, but I was very on the edge of five and six. So again, going with the animal cruelty, um, I'm going to bring it down and call it a five. So if we divide that by three, it's going to be like five. And then point times one. it by two, it's ten point three three. Your favourite oh, number, Chris. Good grief. <laughs> so I'll just plug that into the leaderboard, which I've just realised. I haven't got ready to go, so give me one second. It's, it's, it's quite far down. It is quite yeah, far, far down, down, yeah. That's how I don't want you to scoop this recording after all that lot. So, um, yeah, say so I think the line where it's decent has been 13 out of 20 so far, so I think it is somewhat below that. So, the cat from outer space <laughs> is 0.33 better than Tomorrowland. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Exactly point three three, But it is slightly worse than Gus. Oh, no, that's not fair. Uh, mm. um, Gus got an 11, so... Is it better I, than um, I, one of our dinosaurs? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. That's the bottom of the bottom. Yeah, that's... I was about to say that, that. Nothing or ever. That's go- and what about... Was it the black hole that you ate it as well? The weird Star Wars rip-off? Yeah, that, that got 10, so we're... Th- these films are all so close, to be fair. Like <laughs> I feel like it's... I feel like it's more than 0.33 better than the black hole. <laughs> I think that's without animal cruelty, it's significantly better than the animal than 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 the black hole. The thing is, though, I'm I kind of look fondly back at the black hole now because we've watched some absolute stinkers recently. Whereas I don't feel like I'm going to look at the cat from outer space as fondly later on. But we'll see. So anyway, that's uh, that's the cat from outer space. All done and dusted. Thank you very much for joining us, Mark. Oh, you're welcome. I've had a whale of a time. I hope I haven't kind of like <laughs> ruined your podcast. <laughs> Absolutely not. We've got to... That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least your film was readily available for viewing. <laughs> Which can't be said for Chris's films. So have you got anything to plug at the moment? Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Um, because that's kind of my everything account. I have like separate accounts for all my things that I do on Facebook and stuff, but um, my everything account is at Mark Adams HC, and that will have everything I do on from podcasting to my weekly pub quiz to my proper job, which is Humanist Celebrant, and all the other weird stuff that I enjoy. Brilliant. And Oh, and if you want a wedding, <laughs> you should totally employ me to do your ceremony for you. I'll dead good cool so go to my website www.humanist.org forward slash mark adams if you are getting married so yeah chris just find yourself uh... <laughs> about saying well a long way from that <laughs> okay can thanks. i marry my cat can i marry your cat no <laughs> do you know i've actually been i do funerals as well and i've i've i am seriously thinking about doing like small scale kind of like shorter ceremonies for pets because people fucking love their pets yeah. and i think they would genuinely appreciate someone you know with a background in funeral yeah. work doing that for their pets and some people have said it's hokey but i know how much i love my cat and i know how much i would appreciate yeah. that 
when she goes that maybe maybe I would. I think you're onto something. Maybe, yeah. I wouldn't marry you to your cat, <laughs> but I would do your cat. I would do your cat's funeral. To be fair, he'd be a bit grim. But my old cat, uh, Paris, she died last year, and she was like 19 years old. So I'd had her since I was like oh. 11 years old. So I was absolutely heartbroken, and I would have happily had a funeral for her. In all fairness, well, there, there you, you go. go. Maybe yeah. I should start doing you're that. Onto something, Mark. <laughs> Huh? So where can people find you on the internet, Chris? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KidsSwol, S-W-O-L. You haven't changed it? Not yet, no. Yeah, I, I meant okay. to change it ages ago. He says he's going to every week and he never does. Yeah. It's like, in my, it's the name like an in-joke from three people about four, well, no, sorry, about two years ago. And I've changed that with time and just never did do. The problem I've got now is... Uh, I went viral of that bloody uh, bill video at the beginning of the year, and I had an article written about it. And if I change my handle now, in, it'll invalidate that article from shortlist. They were genius. <laughs> oh, thank you. I loved them. <laughs> they, they they were um, ten months ago's version of Superhuman. Yes, yeah. But I'll say it was absolutely nuts. Of that whole January when I was doing those videos, just absolutely crazy. But I'm past it now. I mean, I've got I've got some videos in the <laughs> He's works. past it. He's over the hill. I am. Yeah. He's finished. He's cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and um, where can we find you, Tim? Yeah. So I'm on Twitter at TimblesRH, and the official Twitter for this podcast is at Podwam, and we're also on Instagram with loads of pictures of my cat on at Without a Mouse. So thanks again, Mark, for joining us. You're welcome. It's been a blast. Peace. Bye.